I'm Chip Freud, and this is the Artist Spotlight, conversations with contemporary artists based on five simple questions that explore the artist's journey, creativity, and sources of inspiration. Welcome to another episode of the Artist Spotlight podcast. Today, I'm joined by Terry Polmeyer. Terry is a self-taught jewelry designer based in Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. Her designs incorporate multiple techniques, including wire wrapping, wire weaving, and bead embroidery to create stunning one-of-a-kind pendants, brooches, bracelets, and more. Terry, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chip. It's good to be here. Well, we've obviously gotten to know each other a little bit through our relationship at the Cary Gallery of Artists, uh, but I wonder if you could uh, help our audience know you a little bit better by sharing a current project, something maybe you just finished, something you're about to embark on. Well, I'll, I'll talk a little bit about a couple because I do both wire and I do bead uh, jewelry. So the current beading project that I'm working on is um, a little bit different for me. I usually do bead embroidery and this is a little bit more bead weaving. Um, the difference being that there's not a backing on uh, the stones that the bead embroidery is sewed onto a, a piece of cloth generally. Um, so I'm beating around several different, uh, stones that will all connect and then have a, a pendant on it. And it's just a more elaborate piece. So I'm excited to get that done. Um, and then in my wire work, I am actually working on some new ring designs. So I am, um, trying to get those ready for, uh, the fall season, which is the busy season. Uh, one of the ring designs being a woven band. Ooh, that's pretty. Very, um, very much like different, different metals. So that's been a fun project, something new. Well, cool. Thank you for sharing some of that. Well, as uh, you know, the show was really all about our five questions. Right. So without any further ado, what is your earliest memory of making art of any kind? So really probably my earliest memory, you know, other than like a school project would be um, was probably around seven ish. And uh, my dad remarried when I was five and my stepmom was very crafty and uh, her sister and her mom. So uh we would get together and she got me started painting uh, cer ceramic ornaments and decor for Christmas. Mm -hmm. So every year around Christmas time, we'd get, go get a bunch of ceramics and we'd paint those for our Christmas decorations in our tree. And from that, it just kind of kept going uh, other little crafty projects that we would get at Hobby Lobby or Michael's. And um, then I got into sewing. And sewing sort of became my craft of choice uh, for many years. I made my own clothes for a while. I, um, I did a little dance competing and made my own costumes uh, in my 20s. And uh, so that was kind of my, my artwork for the time being. Okay, okay. What, what style of dance? Um, <clears throat> country and Western and ballroom. Sort of like what you see on Dancing with the Stars, but mm -hmm. maybe not quite as fancy. Well, that's a, a nice lead into question number two, which is, you know, your current 
medium or mediums, I guess, is, uh, is jewelry and beading related items. What led you to these medium and why? So strangely enough, um, I have a 15 year old and I have 11 year old boy twins. And um, shortly after the twins were born, I was at a mom's group at church and the activity for the day was to make rosaries, just to string a rosary. And I've always loved jewelry. And I got home and I said, you know what, that'd be just like stringing a necklace. I could make my own necklace and bracelet because that's just a small necklace. And I've got to have earrings. So I got to figure out how to make earrings. So I started uh, looking up online how to make earrings. So I ended up between a couple of YouTube type videos and then doing some research on some books. I got some basic jewelry making books and it started off really as just something to make myself a few things. Um, problem is I got hooked immediately and I just kept making things, right? I couldn't stop making. And so I was buying books online and I was getting these uh, beading magazines that would showcase all different types of styles of jewelry. And so I would branch out and try a couple of new things. And I tried a wire project and I was like, oh, I really like this. And it sort of kind of grew from there. But I had made so many things, I decided, well, I can't keep them all. I'll just have like a, a small home show and see if any of my friends and neighbors and families like it enough if they think, you know, it would be something that I could sell. It, it turned out that it was, and they did like it. And so that gave me the excuse to keep making it. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Problem is I make it faster than I can sell it, but that's okay. <sighs> well, um, made that change at some point. <laughs> we, uh, I think every artist has a uh, has that problem uh, where you end up going, okay, I've now got more than it's, it's, it's being created faster than I can sell it. That's a good problem to have though. Yeah, true, true. All right. What inspires your work? Where, where do your ideas come from? So I work with, especially for my wire, but for both, actually, I work with semi-precious stones or natural elements such as shells, even some glass work that's handmade glass work generally. And I really usually get quite a bit of my inspiration from those pieces themselves. So either something about the colors or the design, the pattern in the stones, or just something about them, what it evokes to me speaks to me. For instance, I had a piece that was um, a, a very large piece of iolite, which is a dark blue, and it had little flecks of sunstone all in it, which is a glittery orange um, type of stone. And when you turned it just right in the light, it looked like stars on a night mm -hmm. sky. And so I held on to that piece for quite a while because I just wasn't sure what I wanted to do with it. It spoke to me, but I didn't know what to do with it yet. And at some point I started doing um, trees. So trees of life, but the bare, bare trees wrapped over stones. So they don't have leaves on them. And when I started doing that, I 
I said, that's what that stone needs. So it had a bare tree over it with a white pearl that looks like a full moon over a glittering night sky. So those kinds of things are sort of where I get my ideas, first of all. And then the other thing is, too, I just am always looking um, at other artists' work to see what new techniques there might be that I um, haven't learned yet or want to learn. And everybody comes up with new and different ways of putting things together and something that I can always get an idea from. Oh, that's cool. What if I do something similar like this? Um so definitely always looking at other artists and not not even jewelry artists, but just any kind of 3D or even 2D art sometimes will give give an idea for something. Yeah, sort of related, your your brand is Cinnabar Designs. For those that are uh, not jewelers or geologists for that matter, can you tell everybody what uh, Cinnabar is and how you came about the name? <laughs> So it's funny when I started the business and when I got into um, when I got into jewelry, I was living in Colorado, the neighborhood that I lived in, all the streets names were named after some sort of semi-precious or precious stone. The name of the um, neighborhood was called Sapphire Point. I lived on Cinnabar Lane. So that's where that started from. But I the fact that related to what I was doing, but cinnabar is a, is a softer type stone. Um, it's very rusty red in color. You can still get it. I find that it's not as prevalent these days as it may have been. From what I understand, um, there's a good amount of mercury in the process of, in the stone and in the process of mining. So there's a lot more regulations, I think, and risks around that these days. So I, uh, I have a couple, I have a couple of pieces of cinnabar, but I keep those to myself. I haven't, <laughs> I haven't actually made too much cinnabar jewelry, but. Oh, it, it, I was intrigued by it. So I did some, some digging and, you know, discovered that it was a, I think it's a mercury sulfite mm -hmm. stone uh, formed in uh, uh, volcanic regions and big producers are Spain and Poland. Yes, Spain, I think, is the one that I had read about. So, But they say it is safe to wear, so it is it is not toxic in that regard. That is true. I think it's mostly in the mining aspect yeah. that it becomes an issue. But it is a, it is a pretty stone. That's what uh, caught my eye on that. But back to our core questions. What advice would you give to uh, an artist starting out? So I think for any artist starting out, no matter what you're starting out with, look up everything you can. You know, YouTube is a great thing for whatever you're doing, um, and that's free. Uh, you can, lots of different books on subjects and uh, look for uh, community type classes. There's a lot of community centers at classes. And to try out many different things, because you never know, there's, even in jewelry, there's so many different mediums. In, in 2D art, there's so many different mediums and one may speak to you more than the other. One may come to you easier um, than some of the others. Uh, so you might be one of those talented people that they all come to you really easily. But so just, you know, always try new things, always be willing to learn, but don't be afraid of failure. Mm. Sometimes some of the pieces that I was just like, oh, 
you know, I worked and reworked a couple of times and finally got to where I was like, well, I'm not terribly mad at it. And you know what? People will want those the first thing sometimes, you know, they see those and everybody loves them. And I'm like, uh oh, okay. <laughs> um, but also you learn things when, when you try something and it doesn't quite work out the way you want it to, you will learn, okay, for me, it's easier if I do this, or maybe that, that doesn't work for me. I need to try it this way. And so don't be, a, don't be afraid of that. And then kind of in tandem with that, Art is subjective and you have to remember that not everybody enjoys the same styles and that's fine. That's okay. Not everybody likes the jewelry I make. They may be able to appreciate how it's pretty, but it's not something they would wear. And that's fine. That's fine. Not everybody likes every, every style and that's okay. Don't let the criticism of others dampen your joy for your art. That's kind of what I want to say. Hmm. Yeah, that's, I like the way you said that. And then for anybody who's looking, just getting in to join groups like on Facebook or local groups that have similar interests, you know, that way you can bounce ideas off of them, find, get tips and tricks and, and have just somebody to support you in what you do. Those would be my big things. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I, the, uh, the comment about, uh, allow yourself to fail is one that I have to remind myself of, but, uh, every time you try something new, right. It's like, yeah. oh, that didn't work. Uh, or even when you're doing something you think you know how to do and it doesn't work. What I, sometimes when you fail or you think you fail, you find something yeah. new and different that you're like, Oh, I kind of, you know, what if yeah. I take that and do this with it or whatever? So, and, and the other thing I try to remind myself is success is a horrible teacher. Right. <laughs> because you don't necessarily know why you succeeded if you just immediately had success. Failure helps you understand what works, what doesn't, so that you can more often succeed because you once failed. Right. Plus, I, th I think it helps you really appreciate your successes more. And it helps you appreciate other artists and the work that they put into their, into their art as well. Absolutely. Well, that's a nice segue into our last question, which is what artists should our listeners go check out? This could be somebody you've recently discovered, somebody you've long admired. Well, the artists that I, I've kind of jotted down are more specific to what I do. So I pinned a few bead embroidered and wire artists. Some of the bigger well-known ones uh, for bead embroidery are Sherry Serafini, Jamie Cloud Eakin, and Heidi Coomley. And then for wire, Lisa Barth, Sarah Thompson, Nicole Hanna, and then a couple that more that maybe aren't as well known. Uh, Oksana, I'm not sure I'm saying that correctly, O-X-A-N-A. I think her site is called Oxana Crafts. She's in Australia, but she's big on Instagram and things. She has a lot of tutorials. Um, some of these, of these other folks have lots of books and tutorials. They're great. 
and Valery Vorobev. He's in Russia, I believe, over in that area. I've followed him a long time. He has some really great things. It's pretty easy to find um, wire artists these days if you just do a search either on Instagram or um, Facebook or just the internet. And you can find several different styles and just follow whichever ones suit your likes and dislikes. All righty. Well, thank you for those recommendations. Uh, Definitely go check them out. Uh, And uh, as always, I will have links to uh, the uh, online presence of each of these artists in the show notes. And this brings us already to the end of our time. And I want to make sure that everybody knows where they can find and see your stuff. So certainly at the Cary Gallery of Artists in lovely downtown Cary, uh, as well as uh, Saturdays uh, from March through December, I believe you can be found down near the intersection of Foster and Hunt Streets in Durham at the Durham Craft Market. And then, of course, in uh, the digital world, you have an Etsy shop, Cinnabar Designs, and on Instagram and Facebook, also known as Cinnabar Designs. Terry, this has been a real pleasure. Uh, All of these uh, resources of yours will also be linked in the show notes. And uh, with that, I, uh, I thank you once again for coming on the show today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Right. This has been another episode of the Artist Spotlight. Tune in next time when we spotlight another contemporary artist. And please pass this on to your friends and you can listen on any of your favorite podcast apps or on our website. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Artist Spotlight with Chip Freund. Find accompanying blog posts at chipfreundphoto.com slash blog. And you may subscribe to our show on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like listening.